Welcome to Solomon's Knot, finding truth in wisdom in an information age. Today I'll be introducing Merzami Clark, founder and executive director of Trinacy.org. Merzami is an accomplished leader, Fulbright scholar, and mentor trainer with the passion of reaching the next generation with truth in the gospel. Please make sure to check out the follow-on to this episode in the coming weeks, where we'll be hosting our first roundtable with Trinacy's directors and cohorts, unpacking issues from biological science and cosmology to discipleship and practical apologetics in the culture. Now, without further delay, let's get to our guests. All right, guys, I have a special announcement. I have brought together a dynamic team. This organization, I am excited to talk about. It's been about a good year or two in the making that I'd heard about them, and I'm, I'm just really honored to have the director, Merzami. She's going to introduce this organization called Trinacy, and she'll talk a little bit about how we can equip students with resources and mentorship. If you're feeling pressured for your faith, or you don't think you have people or resources or outlets to go to, to you know learn how to better articulate your faith, or even just counsel, check out this organization. All right, without further ado, me. Thanks so much for having us, Jason. I think that the audience you serve, that's exactly the demographic that we're trying to reach with Trinacy. And Trinacy's name is a made-up name. Mm. It stands for Conservative Christians on Campus. We have a, an amazing international team that spans across the world. We're united not on the political basis of that conservatism, but on a theological basis of that conservatism. Mm. We actually have the person who drafted that statement on here with us, Roxandra. The main thing that we do is we try to provide a global platform where Christian mentorship and discipleship can take place where men and women who are Bible believing, who have a passion for youth can step in as lay people as you know, they don't have to be pastors, they don't have to be theologians or apologists, they could just be very faithful men and women who care about younger men and women new to the faith, how to read the Bible, guiding them and most importantly, how to imply that into their lives. Wonderful. And guys, we'll go ahead and post resources in the show notes, how you can get connected with Merzami and her team at Trinacy. Throughout the roundtable, we're going to introduce everybody, some of their backgrounds and what they do. Merzami, unfortunately, has to drop off at the end of this conversation, but that won't be the last time you hear from her. We're planning to bring her back on a follow-up, talk about maybe some specific examples, colleges that they've worked with, including ways to navigate how students can not only be equipped in terms of some of the resources they can get to defend their faith as well as navigating even the institutions that they're attending. So we're going to now host the first roundtable for campus. Really excited about this. And just uh, introducing the team, I'm going to ship back to Merzami and we'll just go through her key staff. These are experts in different academic fields, everything from science, practical, apologetics, and even just diverse ministry staff. So without further ado, Merzami, please introduce who are these fantastic people we see on the screen here for those that are listening. Oh man, I'm so excited about this because Trinity is like such a new concept. I don't know mm. why it's new. I don't know why nobody has done online mentorship for Christian students before. Mm. But again, our goal is to provide a Christian mentor for every Christian student. And that literally requires everyone to get on board. So the people you see on here and you're hearing on podcasts, seeing on the video right now are international. It's an incredible thing because these are, again, mentors. You're seeing all mentors actually on the screen right now. One of them, Alana, has also been a mentee in the program. I'm going to start off in order of when I met them, if I can even remember. So the first one here is Ruxandra Yanche. I'm sure she can better introduce herself, uh, but we just all met through social media, which is incredible and crazy, mm. um, especially considering the depths of the relationships that have formed since that initial contact. Mm -hmm. It's unreal to me 
how these individuals are my best friends now. They are true sisters in Christ, brothers in Christ, and I would trust them with my life. You know, that's a level of friendship and relationship that we have been able to develop. And again, that relationship is based on this common feeling of being isolated and alone mm. in an academic setting. So who you see here are Ruxandra Yonche. Alana started out as a mentee in the program. I think she was still in her graduate studies and then became a mentor through the program eventually as well. Now she is occupying a completely different role as a board member, a super mm -hmm. exciting thing, which also Juan is basically doing the same thing here. Juan Lariano uh, started out as a mentor. And as of yesterday, we just interviewed him as a board member as well. So look forward for them specifically giving their introductions. Wonderful. We'll, we'll get more into like uh, shares throughout the conversation. I think those will be important. But yeah, just go ahead and introduce people and get a better idea of who you are. And we'll obviously drop links, any resources you want to provide as well in the, in the show notes after. How about Roxanne? We'll start with you. We'll, we'll work way down. Back to Mercy. Sure, definitely. Yeah. Um, when talking about Trinity and thinking back how I started with this ministry, it makes me quite emotional. And mm. uh, I hope I'm going to be coherent. But it's incredible to think how how it happened that we met. And as Rosemi said, I really want to emphasize that this is an organization where we actually met our best friends. We established incredible relationships. We met amazing people. We met people with incredible minds, with so many areas of activity, with so many interests. And think for a lot of us, it was the community that we hoped for and prayed for, but we never thought that we're going to have the blessing or the privilege to have it around us. Mm. Yeah, we met over Instagram, actually, and I think it was some sort of suspicion on both sides that we're Christian, and then she sent me an invitation. Mm. She was at the time recruiting for the, I think it was the board of directors for Trinity, was the very first year, and um, ever since we've been working together, now I'm a mentor, an advisor, because uh, it's just the nature of my work didn't allow me to get more involved. Off, but it's just been an incredible time. And uh, yeah, there's so many things that I can talk about. She also mentioned the fact that I wrote the, the status of the organization in terms of uh, what it means to be conservative because I'm not an American and conservatism can mean very different things in different countries in Europe. Mm. So it has so many nuances and therefore we had to be very, very specific about what we wanted to mean within the limits of the dictionary definitions. Mm. So that was a struggle. And I remember that was one of the milestones in Trinity for me as well. As a background, I'm, a, I'm pursuing a PhD right now in geoscience is a very interdisciplinary field that I'm working with right now. It's environmental sciences with a little bit of social sciences. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We will definitely hit uh, some of that in this presentation, but in general, I'm sensing that there is a great culture of relationship and transparency, which I think will be reflective in the conversation as well as just maybe some of the testimonies of different people you've engaged with. All right. So shifting to Juan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously you mentioned the pre-interview, you're at a military background, which I find a, a very encouraging as well. So uh, yeah, go and tell us a little bit about you and just how you heard about Trinity and what do you want to share? Yeah. Um, like you said, I do have a military background, I retired from the Marine Corps and heard of Trinity through Instagram as well. I was in the transitional phase where I was leaving one church just due to some leadership issues and I was kind of in a standstill. And I still had the urge and the desire to help guide and understand the word of God. And it was something I developed from teaching kids. And when I saw Mezumi keep promoting the recruiting, 
school mentors, I was like, I don't know if I know enough. I don't know if I'm good enough. And then eventually I was like, let me just do it. I heard it on a podcast and I can't remember where, but the gentleman talking said that uh, if you're always worried about if you know enough, then you're never going to do anything because you definitely know more than other individuals. And I was like, you know what, let me just step out. And so then I applied and grew on a a big love and appreciation for the program and and its members. Mm. And here I am applying for the board. So it's made a big jump and it's given me a passion that I haven't had, to be honest, since I left the Marine Corps. But yeah, so I mentored a young man for two sessions. Then I became a director fellowship. And uh, and then I just recently applied for a position in the board. And, uh, and I'm, I feel blessed. Amazing. All right, let's shift to Lana. So um, to piggyback off of Juan's statement about not knowing enough and not doing something when you think you don't know enough and kind of drift from a church that I wasn't agreeing with. And I really dug into my Bible and then just the Holy Spirit just like lit on fire. And I was like, I need to say something about this topic. So I had started speaking out on social media. Um, but I met Trinity through PragerU, actually, which is uh, ironic. I got paired up through their program called Prager Pairs with a girl named Ivana. And Ivana had told me about Merzami and about Trinity and the work that they were doing. She used key terms like biblical worldview or secularized campuses or environments and stuff like that. And that was something I was really struggling with because the local churches, a lot of them weren't preaching the gospel. And so they were very secularized. So it's hard to find the Bible teaching churches. When she was using these key terms, I was like, I need to get connected. I signed up right away to be a mentee and I got paired up with a mentor. We went through Genesis. While this was happening, that church that I was going to had a girl who needed some extra attention. She was a junior high student, about 11 years old. Um, I brought her into the Trinity Fold and started mentoring her for a year. And then about May of this year, things just kind of took off. Personally, I graduated from Johns Hopkins University with a master's degree in communication. Previously, I hadn't mentioned this, but I graduated undergrad from UC Berkeley with a degree in sociology. One resource that or organization that's meant to connect you to a mentor actually does connect you in multiple different ways. Very interconnected here and very grateful for uh, Trinity Merzami and her organization, God is using them to change people's lives and they have definitely changed my life. Wow. Wow. Amazing. My dad was a Berkeley grad long time ago though, but yeah, amazing. Um, I can relate just so much from all of your guys' stories. I mean, just Merzami and really building an organization from the bottom up. I mean, I don't have the staff and the resources, but I could tell you I partnered across the board with just so many individuals and organizations. And it just, it blows me away what's happening in the kingdom in our day. Um, and I can tell you this woman has got all the goods. Like you guys have a great leader and director. I mean, she's bottom up. Like you just see her like, one of the first things I do when I want to know the heart of a leader, I'll go to their website. And if I see them on the bottom of the page, not the top, that says a lot about the organization. She's not at the top directing down. She is serving you guys. You are so blessed. The spirit of God is powerfully upon this young woman. So I will mention a little bit about myself. So you guys have some context. As you probably heard, like I came from the military background. I was at Fort Bragg in North Carolina. I wasn't even saved when I was in the military. There's a whole story behind that too. Actually, some of the people I've reconnected with that were helpful for me coming to Christ actually got into help 
them later on, which is neat. Uh, God's so cool. And then kind of stumbled into a church, was going through a lot of life stuff and just really needed to get well. And my testimony really is I went to church and the last person I ever thought I'd meet was Jesus Christ. So in the process of that journey, this point in my late 20s, I just really started to pursue and started to realize, hey, these people are living a certain way. It looks very attractive. They seem to be authentic. And there was some other stuff that was kind of weird, like people speaking in tongues, other people just giving me words of insight and knowledge that just seemed like really timely. So I was like, okay. And the word of God itself, just reading the word, going in the gospels and just like, man, like I never heard this before. Like I was laughing, I was crying, I was connecting with something greater than myself and something out there. God was just tugging at my heart. In about a year and a half, two year process, I just thought it was doing really well. Like uh, my life was getting better. I thought things were kind of getting easier to deal with at work. And then I was in a prayer group, just like normal. I think it was like a Saturday morning prayer group. I don't even explain it. Like literally in the spirit was outside of my body. And it was like running in the arms of a loving father. That was the only way I can explain it. I knew that God was real. And from that moment, everything changed. This wasn't an intellectual exercise. This was an experiential revelation of who God is, like this person. And then somehow I stumbled into seminary. I just have this thing. I just stumble into some of these places. Maybe God's at work here. So now I'm in Bible college, just there for a few years to get my master's of Christian leadership. What God was planning to do with that, I had no idea. And I was still in the military, went from active duty to National Guard. And I was just kind of figuring out, okay, what's the next step, God? Chaplaincy got brought to me. I was like, wow, it sounds like a great idea. It makes so much sense. Of course, they just started a master's divinity program at the seminaries at. So I like literally fast-tracked got my summer. I had friends that were like, you know, five, six years pastoring that and I was like in the same class as them way over my head. Anyway, long story short, the military door closed. The guy gave me peace about that. That's not where he wanted me to go, which made absolutely no sense because that's all I knew. And like the last semester of college, it was an apologetics class. I had a campus minister as my professor. When he took me on the college campus and I started seeing people get saved, like no one said I can just go out there and evangelize and make disciples. It's like you had to go with the group. You have to do this in the context of the church. And one with the professor, he's like, no, you can go out there and you feed them. And so that kind of radically shifted everything. Of course, COVID hit and I just really wanted to go. And my church was kind of figuring out what we're going to do with COVID. Like, I'm sure it's funny. It sounds like listening to your stories. Every single one of us, like this generation, right after COVID happened, a major shift. We're going online. We're going through social media. We're making disciples. We're having to do this kind of in the margin. It's kind of new. And so here we are two years later, I had launched four campus. I was just going on any college I could. I eventually settled on NC State, largest research university in North Carolina, um, hotbed for atheism and really just, it's kind of a conservative school, but it's like nestled into like research triangle, a lot of different worldviews, especially from India. It's a whole other conversation. I'm feeling called to go to India, make a film and really educate the American churches, uh, what's happening in that part of the world and how there's a bridge to the kingdom there that I think God's doing incredible work there too. But anyway, so that's, that's where Fort Campus was birthed from, uh, was literally just going out on the campus. I love when the ministry is formed from the outreach, not the other way around. That's what I'm learning. We go out, God does the rest, and he brings the most dynamic people in the world to do it. I wanted to take a moment to recognize several contributors to this program, who without their faithful support, we would not have the success both online and the campus. Harold Silva, a student of biology at UNC Greensboro, who I previously interviewed on SK, Joe Mendenhall, 
a father of two teens and partner evangelist on NC State, and Dr. Chris Berg, an academic advisor and guest interviewer to numerous segments on this program. Each of these men and leaders I've met through student organizations and church communities directly related to the college campus. For more information on how to get connected or even support our ministry directly through regular financial contributions, please go to 4, that is the number 4, campus.org. Now, let's get back to our program. We started out as a more academically oriented organization, but we are definitely drifting more and more towards what matters the most, and it's the Bible. The Bible matters the most because that is the Word of God. That is what connects us as believers, and how we read that rightly definitely affects how we implement that in our lives and in the culture. You know, that's a huge part, too, of my own growth in in my own walk. Going back to one of the comments here earlier, too, was about after COVID or during COVID, we, we became online. That was not the case for Trinity. Trinity was actually weirdly insulated from the effects of the lockdowns because Mm. we had already been a community that had to rely on meeting each other online. Technology was already to us an asset. While the rest of the world had the privilege of meeting Mm -hmm. openly in their clubs and groups, conservative Christians all around the United States and all around the world could not. Nobody knew who the other conservative Christians were, theologically conservative Christians, and even maybe politically conservative, culturally, socially conservative Christians. Nobody knew because nobody dared to have a sign up that says, hey, I'm a conservative Christian. I don't even know what that means. But there seems to be a a difference between progressive Christians and conservative Christians. And we need to make these demarcations very clear because there is Mm -hmm. a difference. There are many types of Christianities out there. And our goal in Trinity is to help young people navigate those different Christianities and choose the real true Christ. And uh, this is all born. The conviction that Trinity is based on is born from my experience of being in academia, an undergraduate student at a Research One, R1 University, in a very progressive, very secular part of the United Mm -hmm. States. And just hearing the mission of the university include things like tolerance Mm -hmm. and inclusivity for all. In theory, that's the mission. But me living it out, me going there for four and a half Mm -hmm. years, not at all experiencing that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was tasked with welcoming students. I was trained even as an RA, a resident advisor, on what pronouns to use. And when residents would come with Christmas trees during Christmas, how to shut Mm -hmm. that down. It it just really grieved my heart to be in a university that purported to include and love and welcome and encourage and motivate and equip all Mm -hmm. students. And that was not what was being done in practice. And it continued even as I went into graduate school. By the grace of God, though, my undergraduate years in my graduate years, it was cushioned by two years mm. serving as a Fulbright scholar in South Korea. And while there, my school that I was serving at, it was actually right next to a seminary. That's when I saw and heard and befriended all of these international Christians who were just talking theology, talking doctrine. And I was like, what are you guys talking <laughs> about? My goodness, is this what you do all day? This is fascinating and amazing. Why did I major in the things I majored mm. in? So God did give me, after four intense years of silencing in intense marginalization Mm. like talk about being marginalized as an already marginalized person right because they talk about women of color if you're a woman if you're an immigrant if you tick off these boxes you must be these things except my main identity didn't rest on my nationality my country of origin it didn't rest on my skin color it didn't rest on my gender despite living as an incognito Mm. christian or a closeted christian i still had deep convictions you know because i grew up in the philippines and i knew there was a god at least you know shifting to the student so it sounds 
sounds like Trinity was born for this need to create a space to have a voice and to have a safe place they can go to, to have these conversations about gender, about identity, things like that, correct? Yes, yes. I was talking about the intersectionalities of identity Mm -hmm. and how I was welcomed in those senses, but the moment I dared to open my mouth, Mm. I was canceled. I was silenced immediately. And I did not have the boldness to speak out about faith or my worldview or anything like that as an undergraduate, but God did give me those two years in Korea where he slowly strengthened my faith. That is actually when I read the Bible for the first time, back to back, cover to Mm. cover. I just thank God for that moment because when I came back for my fully funded MA PhD program in English in the same university, it was go time. You know, I prayed this crazy prayer for God to give me the boldness and the opportunity to speak for him. You know, like, Lord, please let me redeem myself from all the times I was silent when I could have spoken. And he did give me that moment and that opportunity. However, the backlash was so intense that I nearly dropped out of my program. Mm. And again, this is fully funded. It's no joke. I was really focused on my academics and I wanted to be a professor and I wanted to be all of these things in academia but God slowly took so much of my support away I graduated at the top of my class in that university and I was a very well celebrated student scholar in my departments and one by one my mentors my advisors stopped responding to me and I had no one and nothing literally in the university and no one in my own family even or my friend group understood what was going on with me because they didn't know that world of academia right my mom she was my Mm -hmm. main more support. But this is where the idea of if I could only have one friend in one class or in even in the entire university who also shared the same worldview as me, I think I could make it to a PhD. Mm. And lo and behold, there was no one. I looked high and low for just this one friend. And no, it was it's a very it breaks my heart to think mm. about that story, knowing that apparently Juan and Ruxandra and Lana existed in the world at the same time. Just the fact that to know that we didn't know mm. about each other, to know that we weren't reaching out, that we didn't have a platform like Trinity. So that's actually how Trinity came to be. One of my department heads said, you just need to find your intellectual community. Mm. And I said to him, I have been looking for six years now. I do not see anyone willing to converse about these things with an actually open mind. Mm. Again, like the university keeps claiming that it's all about. So I stopped at my master's, did not continue on to my PhD, unfortunately, but maybe fortunately, because this break from academia, God has used in a really powerful way. He used the intense isolation We cannot divorce that from the sense of depression that you feel fighting alone, seemingly alone. It's spiritual Mm -hmm. warfare. When the whole world is being redefined and when the whole credentials, you know, all of the coolness and accreditations of academic sounding people and PhD bearing people put their whole weight of their identity behind what they're saying that are based on lies. You get to question a lot about what you really stand for Mm -hmm. and why you're willing to hold on to those convictions, even when the whole world is turning its back against you. That's the time that God gave me. He gave me rest from Mm -hmm. academia and he did give me the opportunity to slowly build up Trinity just from a social media account from Instagram. (laughs) And that was all the boldness I had. We just started out with one account and I was thinking to myself, there's got to be other people out there. Lord, please. There's Google. How do I find these people? My people, right? The intellectual quote, quote, community that I needed, which actually more than an intellectual community, what I needed was a spiritual Mm. family. What I needed was to find my brothers and sisters, the family that I so wanted to have. And he's given it to me slowly. Mm. You know, there's the work of Prager, TPUSA, showcasing 
seeing what is actually happening in the classrooms, so many students already saw mm -hmm. that. They just didn't have the words to describe what was happening. They didn't have the firm Christian worldview to articulate, this is wrong. This is completely against what my parents have been telling me and what my church, the Bible teaches. This is anti-truth and we need to speak up against these things. Thank so you. thankfully, because of the works of those accounts, we are more mindful of what's going on out in the culture. However, we can't remain in just an outreach educational type mode. And I believe Trinity has a very unique place to straddle that gap right now of redeeming and restoring education. What Trinity is trying to do is very practical, coming alongside churches to equip young people to not just remain heady about their knowledge, to not just keep their Christianity in a routine. You know, I go to church every week and that's why I'm a Christian. No, it needs to be enough so that the world actually sees that you're a Christian and hates you for mm. it. Not that you're inviting hatred, but that is just the consequence of being a Bible-believing Christian. Oof. Preach, I know, I preach know, it. I don't even want to say good. these things out loud. But Christians really need to step it up mm. because if people are not even able to identify you as a real Christian, you really need to do some soul searching, you know, against the word of God. Look at yourself. Mm. Are you a lukewarm Christian? And again, Trinity's online mentorship program, that's the answer that we've been able to provide the church. It's biblical, prayerful, and personal one-on-one -on -one mentorship. Ah, so I heard so much, literally sounds like for the students, there is a resource, the community of people that want to yeah. come alongside you, help equip and mentor you in the relationship with knowing Jesus. But yes. also if you feel alone, you know, conservatism is a natural outflowing of a personal relationship with Christ and the community of believers. Because when we talk about conservatism, we're not talking about politics. We're talking about your identity, your views of the world, how you view marriage, how you view responsibility. Talk a little bit about dominion about what our purpose is on earth in the process of having a relationship with God and his people. Here's the key. And I heard this a few times. Merge me. I have no idea what your plan is, but you could tack on like a .edu to the end of Trinity and you could probably just really go run with that and cut into what the traditional model is for institutions. I mean, I even see right here future cohorts and professors and instructors right in front of you. So, I mean, at this point, it sounds like a community. It's a mentorship development program. And I think that this language is important because things have changed. Yeah. And people are going to get won over to Christ because of how you're speaking and how you're interacting with people. And look, the demonic can work through social media. Mm -hmm. The demonic can lead people to commit suicide because their Instagram profile didn't get more likes. So we also are utilizing these systems for the glory of God. And look, I remember not even that long ago, just the thought of doing a Zoom call for a small group was like taboo. And now we see people get saved and baptized and discipled through the virtuals. People are going to come into the kingdom of God hearing this message. That is a reality. Like guys, if you haven't already checked out their website, go to Trinity, T-R-I-N-I-C-Y, like Trinity, I'll let you plug that and check out the resources. And then, yeah, if you have any further questions, you can even reach out directly. We'll post information in the show notes, how you can get in touch with Merzami and her amazing team of directors and leaders and mentees. So I'm sorry, I have to say that Merzami needs to be reminded almost every day on a daily basis how amazing she has been. Trinity, I mean, she's a monument of a woman and the, the vision she had from the beginning, the fact that she has such a strong vision is miraculous. I mean, she has to know that God used yes. her to bring this together because we all found answers to our prayers in the most existential way possible I mean, in Trinity. I mean, we had existential problems solved with Trinity. It was just incredible. And uh, yeah, I feel like I just witness a historical speech just now with the Merzimishan, the background of Trinity. What came to my heart, and Lana, feel free to jump in if you want, but um, you guys are brilliant. 
I see this happen all the time. You know, we go into ministry and from the world's perspective, oh, there's no money in that. You're a Fulbright scholar. Merge me. You were on track to make seven figure income by now. And it's like, no, if you think about it, because they invest so much because they want that worldview to go into the culture. They want you to go be the next Mark Zuckerberg or somebody at that level, just massive amount of influence. I mean, think about all the influence you've generated times that by 10 in the world system. We have to also look like it's important because I mean, a lot of the work I do, it's hard not to get discouraged. Like, man, like how come I'm not getting the reach or, you know, don't check your own analytics. Like I just, every time I look, I'm like really discouraged sometimes. I'm like, man, should I be getting more downloads on this podcast? Or what's funny is then I'll switch to another platform like YouTube and the episodes that get almost no downloads on Spotify, get tons of downloads on YouTube. So like, I have no idea how that works. It's kingdom, but we are storing up our treasure in heaven. That's the perspective we need to have. Like Christ and spending eternity with the father is the treasure. God wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. You know, imagine endless amounts of gifts we get to unwrap with Jesus for eternity. Like all the investment that you're putting into people from the world perspective may not seem great, but from an eternal perspective, we are sowing in seeds of growth and fruit that will have an eternal dividend. So we don't always have to come in agreement with everything, but let's come in agreement that Christ is worthy of the praise and the worship. And he delights when his children are taking bold risks of faith. Thank you for forerunning Merzami and just not serving two masters and taking the riches of the world, which profits nothing and instead investing it back in the kingdom. So with that, uh, we are going to release you to go do good work in building up of this organization. Amazing. God bless you all. Rep Trinity hard. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you again, Jason. I'll be in touch. Thank you for listening to another exciting episode of Solomon's Knot, a production of 4campus.org and its associated partners. Please look out for the follow-on to this episode in the coming weeks to hear from leaders and scholars at Trinity on a number of topics involving sciences, apologetics, including ways to equip and mentor students in your communities and on the college campus. For more information, please check out Trinity, that is T-R-I-N-I-C-Y dot org to get connected to anyone on their team from this show. Thank you for your faithful viewership and please share this episode with people in your spheres of influence. So until next time, this is your host, Jason, signing out. Peace.